Welcome in to Potty Podcast Football. I am Dan, with me as always is Andy, and today we have a very special show. We've been off for a while, so we thought we'd come back with a, a, a treat. It's the 2022 NFL Awards. And if you're thinking, hey, why aren't you making bets? It's the Week 18 season. Just go ahead and don't bet Week 18. Uh, a lot of the teams that already made the playoffs are going to sit players that they wouldn't normally, and things are kind of all over the place. For instance, uh, if the Jags beat the Colts, the Raiders and the Chargers, who play each other this week, could just sit, not score one point, tie each other, and both make it into the playoffs. So with things that are that nuts, you, you generally kind of want to stay away from this. Uh, so instead, we're going to do our awards, which we have uh, painfully and slowly curated and come up with. So let's get right into it. Uh, our first category is Coach of the Year. So our candidates... Probably not too big of a surprise for a lot of people. Sean Payton of the Saints, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, someone that you and I both made fun of a lot going into this. I mean, everyone did, and then now they're in the playoffs. Uh, Bill Belichick, which is going to surprise some people because it's Bill Belichick, but he he started with a whole new team. Like last year, they weren't they had no talent. This year, they added some more talent, and they got Mac Jones, and they were first place in the division for a while, and I think they're tied right now with the Bills. Um, and then next is Zach Taylor with the Bengals. I would like to mention an honorable mention for uh, Dan Campbell of the Lions, someone else that we made fun of. I mean, everyone did during his kneecap speech, uh, but he just didn't make the cut for this one. So, Andy, who was your yes. coach of the year? So for me, I think I'm going to go Zach Taylor. Uh, okay. I feel like the Bengals, we expect them to play fairly well. Um, but it was pretty widely known and, and widely criticized by me that, uh, that they had a no O line and yeah. that their O line was going to get Joe Burrow killed. That was where my exact words, um, and the Jamar chase was maybe not the best idea, uh, over Panay Sewell. Uh, I still think they should have really gone, done a lot better job of protecting him, but my God, Jamar chase was a great pick. Yeah. Uh, but Jack Taylor He's got a defense that's wildly mediocre. He's got a couple decent playmakers. He's got a lot of fading, of fading players. He lost uh, Carl Lawson. Um, Geno Atkins is, is nobody anymore. I think he even finally retired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so DJ Reader is like the only guy they had there coming off a big injury. Trey Hendrickson, so, Trey Hendrickson had a great year. Who's that? Trey Hendrickson. I think they brought him over from the Saints. He had a great yeah. year on the defense. Their defense yeah, was not yeah. that bad. I, I, it's not bad, but it. I, I'm saying I don't think he had the best players, mm-hmm. but I think he's turned them into great players with his schemes. Okay. And and I mean Henderson is good, sure, but everybody, every team has a good player too. I'm just saying, I feel like as an overall talent level on this defense, it was not that high, and he's done a lot with it. The offense, though, my goodness, he's built the offense that he wanted from day one. Uh, you know, from T. Higgins to Tyler Boyd and and, and Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. I mean, they're all. They're all overperforming, and Joe Burrow has just been ungodly incredible. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think that uh, I didn't expect a lot out of the Bengals just due to the lack of protection for Joe Burrow and the division they were in. Uh, when the season started, you know, really expected the Ravens to be a whole lot better. Um, didn't think the Steelers would be great, but also didn't think you'd be able to run them over. And the Browns, uh, and we people expected, thought the Browns were going to be better. Yeah, I thought the Browns would be a lot better. So the Bengals really stepped up took advantage of this and, and they're, they've got the uh, top seed for their division right now. And uh, good for them. Good for them. They're, uh, Zach Taylor has been a great coach since he got there. We've liked him since day one. Um, I really want to give some credit to Bill Belichick because people are, people are calling Mac Jones 
uh, a potential rookie of the year candidate, he has not outplayed Davis Mills. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is he's on a really good team with a really good coach. Um, and, and Bill Belichick is, is doing a lot with, with still, I don't want to say a little, but he's doing a lot more in a division where we expected him to get destroyed by the Bills. And uh, so I do give credit to him. Uh, but Zach Taylor, I think, is my coach of the year. All right, fair enough. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Um, yeah, you weren't the only one that thought they should have taken Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase. I did, too. We, we were very loud about that. I think we were wrong. Uh, Jamar Chase yeah. has been amazing. They'll probably go offensive line. God, I hope they go offensive line this year. Um, i I got to go with Nick Sirianni. I thought the Eagles were going to get two wins. Uh, they're 9-7, and seven, could be 10-7 and seven going into the playoffs. And granted, it's in the NFC East, which is pretty weak. But still, yeah. I, they they beat teams that they should not have. And uh, they've been, God, I, well, they're not entertaining to watch for the first half. But in the fourth quarter, that's when Jalen Hurts comes alive. And so I, they know that he's not their quarterback. They've tried getting everyone. They went out and got Gardner Minshew. They went. They tried to trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, but with the talent he's had on the field, Nick Sirianni's done a good job. So I've got to go with him. Yeah, and I mean, Deshaun Watson turned uh he he refused to waive his no trade clause for the eagles mm-hmm. uh that's a mistake to me i think sirianni with watson could have done a ton and they still have three picks in the first round this year they could have gotten everything they owed the texans out of the way this year with the first round and still had plenty of picks left over so terrible decision on his part but yeah i, I can't fault you with sirianni he's done a lot with a little with very little he's done a lot with very little how many times this year did we look at each other and go, my God, do the Eagles have 30 points? Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles have 30 points and Hertz has zero touchdowns. <laughs> uh, passing, passing. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's managed to put quite a quite an offense together and, and quite a team together, despite, you know, just really being a shambles of an organization. Yeah. I mean, they're 9-7. and seven. The Cowboys are 11-5. and five. You'd think if they switch out Deshaun Watson for Jalen Hurts, they can't get two more wins and take the division. So Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to comeback player of the year. Now, this is a player that was either injured last year or just played poorly and came back and really showed up. Uh, the the uh, candidates are Carson Wentz of the uh, Colts, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, James Conner of the Cardinals, Nick Bosa of the 49ers, and Joe Burrow of the Bengals. Um, this was a tough one. Now, I did say, when, when Wentz went to the Colts, I said he's going to end up winning comeback player of the year. You watch, and I got laughed at, laughed at by uh, I'm, by I'm my still friends. Laughing. Uh, I listen. He played well. People <laughs> don't want to give him credit. He played nope. very well this year. Um, he's not my winner though. My winner has got to be someone who a lot of people thought was going to be out of the league, and uh, someone who people thought uh, he was the second he, he, on the depth chart, and that's James Conner. He ended up being, I think the the for fantasy anyway like the fifth best running back and once chase edmonds got hurt you really got to see him shine and on they um, they could pass up and down the field with the cardinals but when they got into the red zone they would just put the ball in connor's hands and he would lead them uh to the promised land so i know people are liking dak prescott dak has not played well the last half of the year uh nick bosa i can't argue with that joe burrow i can't argue with that he just threw 400 for over 400 yards two games in a row and now he could do it again this uh this week so if if you want to give me those that's fine Dak you'd have to really really argue with me but everyone else I'm good with 
Okay, fair. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I really want to put Joe Burrow here. Um, I like Dak Prescott a lot up until, like you said, about three or four games ago. I've seen some real struggle out of Dak Prescott, despite a you know an incredible uh, offense around him. Um, but like the first half of the year, man, he came back and and getting to you know it helped getting to watch him a little bit in Hard Knocks and seeing how serious he was. I mean, he, do you remember they were trying to pull him out of practice? He's like, no. No, I'm not playing. You taking it easy in practice. I'm coming back. You know, yeah. I mean, he worked hard. But he was always a professional. Like no one ever argued that he wasn't a professional. And not just a professional, but there's a lot of players who, if they're coming back off an injury like that, they're they're listening to the doctors, they're listening to the coaches, and they're coming back as slowly as they can to make sure they get it done right. Dak's like, I'm playing now. <laughs> Probably because his whole reason for being able to play was another quarterback getting injured. Uh, you know, uh, when Romo got injured, but, uh, uh, but overall Burrow, Burrow's injury, it looked like it could have been career ending at first when we saw that injury. I was like, I mean, I know we all knew just because of the fact that he was a rookie that he'd be able to come back, but if he had been just a couple of years older, that could have been a career ending injury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it looked, it looked gruesome. And, um, you know, again, not having an O-line, they've done still nothing to protect them since, last year's O-line. In fact, I could argue it's gotten worse. Is this so is um, he your candidate? Because this is a lot of prep work for someone that you're not going to vote for. Yeah, but so I'm going Joe Burrow. And that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be my winner. All right. So 10 minutes on back Dak Prescott to give it to Joe Burrow. All right. Interesting move. Interesting move. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have, I don't fault you for that. I don't think anyone could. He, especially after such a gruesome injury he had last year. Next is uh, this is a fun category. I enjoy this. Uh, biggest disappointments team-wise. So these are the teams that we all had high hopes for, and they just they really just fell apart. Uh, the candidates are Ravens, Browns, Vikings, and Panthers. Andy, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going with because you were pretty high on them going into the season. But uh, who's your biggest disappointment? I think I'm surprised a little bit here. Um... I bet you're thinking I'm going Ravens, yeah. which I was. I was thinking, really thinking Ravens. Uh, their issue with to that though is that the the Ravens, you know, lack of production this year is due to like 17 injuries within a week or two, and I can't really fault them for that. Like I'm not I'm not disappointed in them for that. The Panthers, however, who I'm picking, and I thought these guys were were going to the playoffs hands uh, easily. I thought they would handily be in the playoffs maybe not like number one seed maybe even not win the division but i thought this would be an 11 win team and i really thought sam darnold and this offense that coach and with uh with cmc beside him uh i thought they were going to be able to take that young defense and and just and make their way into the playoffs yeah with these but that damn sam darnold underperformed cmc underperformed the coach is not doing great cmc got hurt uh, the coach is not doing great, and the defense kind of underperformed. So I'm very disappointed in what happened with the Panthers, and, and I'm very surprised that they ended where they did. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going with the same one. I'm going with the Panthers. Uh, before the season, my two top ones for comeback player of the year were Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. I was I, I didn't think he was going to be amazing, but I thought he was going to be good enough, and he was going to have Christian McCaffrey. Now, on to the Christian McCaffrey thing. I tell you what, for fantasy – I'm not touching that guy to the fifth round next year because this is the second year in a row where he's had injury problems. And he also had injury problems in college. He's got – some guys are just susceptible to soft injury issues, and his was a hamstring this year. 
I think it's almost like you shouldn't give a 30 touch a game running back 15 million dollars a year yeah yeah but what else are you going to do if that's your entire offense um yeah the Panthers are in a, a pickle they even brought back Cam Newton and that didn't work out they tried PJ Walker out of the uh the XFL that didn't work um they got to shore up that offensive line that offensive line is the bane of a lot of their issues and I think their defense not having to be on the field all the time will get better next year. But certainly, yeah. Uh, Agreed. All the things you said, that's why they're my biggest disappointment as well. Uh, I think they're back in the Watson sweepstakes, to be honest. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it was almost a, it was almost a done deal. They were in on it. Yeah. But then I think it was too much or it was a three-team trade that was going to happen and things just kind of fell apart. I'll tell you what, the 30 for 30 on Deshaun Watson is going to be fascinating. You're not kidding. The next category is biggest surprises team. So, which teams came out and surprised you, surprised you the most that you had no expectations for? Uh, the candidates are Lions, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Eagles. Uh, I This is a tough one. I think my two biggest ones were Eagles and Lions. Patriots, you kind of knew Belichick at some point was going to get things back on track. They had a lot of players, mostly on defense, that opted out for COVID last year. So, you knew they were going to get a lot of those guys back. And they had their draft picks. And Mac Jones in preseason kind of looked pretty okay. So you thought they were going to finish probably about 8-8. Eight and eight, And when they ended up finishing 10-6, uh, and six, still better than what I expected. But not a big surprise. Uh, the Bengals, Burrow's coming back. They added Jamar Chase. I, they're better than what I thought, but I didn't think they'd be abysmal. The two teams I thought were going to be god-awful were the Lions and the Eagles. The Eagles... I mean, you heard. I gave Nick Sirianni my coach of the year, so you think I would go there? I gotta, I gotta give it to the Lions because despite, a, you know, only winning two games, they could win three this weekend. They look prom- like I think they are going to be a tough team next year, and it's not so much what they did this year. It's I see what's going to happen going forward, and they were riddled. They were riddled with injury, and you could tell at the beginning of the year they were getting better. And they were playing good teams tough, but they just they had so many injuries and so many issues. They're going to end up getting, I think they're going to get the pass rusher out of University of Michigan. I think, what's his name? Harrison? Aiden uh, Hutchinson. Yeah, I think they're going to take him first overall. And that if the Jags, no, they have the second pick. That's right, the Jags. The Jags out, out-toileted everybody. But <laughs> I, you know what? I, I was wrong about Nick Sirianni. I was also wrong about Dan Campbell. So I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I, I have the same two finalists, um, but I'm actually going to flip and go with the Eagles. Um, and really, to me, it's just the definition of of surprise, I guess. Uh, I'm really I thought the Lions had no chance at a rebuild right now. The, the one thing that I really did like at the beginning of the year um, was I said I really love the staff that Dan Campbell's putting together. I remember we looked at his, his coordinators and his uh, I mean, he had some really. He has some really great position coaches in there and really great coordinators. Um, so I was very impressed with that. Um, but I didn't think they had a chance to build a very good team. And that golf, who was just, you know, golf, and they had no receivers. I mean, I really expected nothing out of them. And I'm surprised that I feel like they've set everything up to be really good quickly. That this is going to be a quicker turnaround than I expected. But the Eagles, my God, I thought for sure two wins at the most. Um, and for them to come out and get the amount of wins they've gotten in the scrappy, it's the only word I can come up with it, the scrappy way they come up with their points every week, 
um, it's impressive. Uh, it's very impressive, and, and that's the biggest surprise to me is that every week I'm like, well, that was the last one they'll get all year, and then they get another, and then another. Um, so, yeah, I'm extremely surprised by the Eagles, and i got to give it to them. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, just going to speak into what you were saying about the, the coordinators that the Lions have, uh, they picked up Anthony Lynn as the offense coordinator, former head coach of the, uh, uh, the Chargers. And honestly, since he's been gone, their offense has not been as good. Uh, and then the defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, who's been a defensive coordinator for a long time. I can't remember if he was a head coach at one time, but a, a, a fantastic defensive coordinator. He was a candidate for the Texans this year That's for right. head coach, but uh, right. I don't think he's been a head coach yet. Yeah, well, he, he dodged a bullet there. Uh, next, we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it with the players. So biggest disappointments, player edition. So these are the players that people were high on, and they just did not perform. Uh, the first one's going to be a shock to people, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, this guy, everyone thought was transcendent, was going to, they're going to have to change the game according to him. And they kind of did. You never saw the shovel pass before, but now you're seeing everyone starting to use it. Um, Saquon Barkley. Now, this one wasn't a big one for me. I kind of felt like he wasn't done, but you were never going to get the same Saquon Barkley again. But he was returning from, was it ACL last year? And uh, he's again been banged up. And hasn't really, it just hasn't been the same Saquon that we've seen before. Granted, that could be due to the Giants' offensive line. Uh, next is Lamar Jackson, uh, a former MVP and someone who's I mean, could either beat you at least with his legs, if not with his arm. But every year he was becoming a better passer. And then last but certainly not least, Michael Thomas, uh, someone who got what was it a hundred million dollar contract, one hundred twenty million maybe, uh, two years before was injured in the offseason, decided not to get the surgery until a month before the season started, and was expected to come back week seven and then just never showed up. So that that in itself, just just how far he had fallen, I've got to give it to Michael Thomas because at least the other guys bothered to show up on the field. On the field and, and return calls. I mean, uh, I, I as well, I agree with you. I'm going with Michael Thomas, and it's because of my disappointment in him as a person. Uh, he's not that I expect anything out of any player individually as a human being, but, uh, you know, but, uh, he's just, he clearly went out of his way to not heal. I mean, they said he ignored calls from coaches, training staff, doctors for months, ignored them, didn't call back. Uh, so he was in no hurry to get this thing solved up. And I, I think, I think he decided to be before the season started, he had no intention of playing all year. And he just drugged people along, and he's going to continue making his money. So he doesn't care. Um, so for to me, that's the biggest disappointment in my eyes. Because he, he could have drastically changed that team had he played. Yeah, I, I think if he didn't have such a big contract that he'd gotten, they would have cut him. Uh, but they're just so hamstrung because of the huge contract they gave him two years ago that they couldn't. And they, no, one, no one would take him on because he's kind of become a head case. And they just can't offload that, that contract. Uh, yeah, this year has been the year of, of contracts uh, bending teams over. I think there's going to be some changes in the way contracts are handled from here on out. You could be right. Uh, next is biggest surprises for players. So players that we thought nothing of and then ended up having a, a much better year than expected. Uh, number one, Jared Goff, continue with the Lions. You know, he got traded from the Rams where he was kind of not, he wasn't really playing that well. And they got Stafford. Uh Jared Goff went to the Lions, a team with a lot less talent, and played pretty well. Uh, they were in games a lot. He kept them in games, and so that's certainly one. Uh, another one, Razul Douglas. 
after the Packers lose both of their really, really good cornerbacks, Razul Douglas comes after being on This is his third team of the season. This year. Yeah, this year. Uh, he was with the Texans and I think the Cardinals before that. I can't remember. And Cardinals, ends up yeah. playing, I mean, being pretty shut down. I mean, he's getting picks. He's he's locking down number one players. He played really well. It could be a one-off thing, but hey, for this year, he's in there. Uh, the next one might be seen as a little bit of a homer pick, but Jonathan Grenard, someone that you and I were both really high on uh, coming into the draft. I think he was picked third in the third round uh, as third an edge rusher out, out of Florida. Florida. Uh, what was it, fourth round? No, third round out of Florida. Yeah, yeah, third round out of Florida. And didn't really do well last year, but this year they brought in Lovey Smith, who's been a really good defensive coordinator, and he's had a really – how many sacks did he have this year? You, you had this information. Uh, I don't remember the exact number of sacks, but what was interesting, because he's, he's had some injuries and he did have COVID for like three weeks he had to miss. Um, prior to that, though, right, they, they dug down on a per-snap basis, and he's the fourth most effective pass rusher in the NFL per snap. That's impressive. Uh, which is an impressive stat. Yeah, and last year, you know, he, he switched positions. So, um, so he went, so anyway, yeah, he had, he had to do a little bit of learning, uh, to get ready for the NFL and, and they rotated him in because Whitney Merciless was there and, uh, well, JJ was still there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as a pass rusher, so they rotated him in a little bit. And then this year he got to really show what he could do. And he was, he was really solid until unfortunately Mr. Omicron came and took him out for a while from us. But, uh, I think next year when he's nice and healthy, like he's going to be a really impressive player. And, um, you know, he was the SEC sack leader when he came out of the out of, yeah. out of college. So, I mean, he was a good player, and he just wasn't on a team that got nearly as much, much exposure, and he didn't have some of the impressive uh, physical traits that some of the other pass rushers had. So he kind of got ignored. But as you see on a personal basis, the dude, is, the dude is fantastic. And I think with a better pass rusher across from him, I think he's going to come out of nowhere and just start dominating people. You could be right. Uh, and then last on the list is going to be the, is going to be my champion, and that's Cordell Patterson, wide receiver turned running back. Uh, the the Falcons had gotten Mike Davis, although no one was really high on Mike Davis going into that, but we figured they don't really have any other running backs, so they're going to have to run him out there. And then it turns out Cordell Patterson, um, Arthur Smith. We we knew we were going to get something interesting with Arthur Smith because he was a tight ends coach for the Titans when they were really doing well with tight ends there. And then they drafted uh, uh, Pitts first overall, uh, Kyle Pitts first overall. So you figured you're going to get something from him in that way. But no, brings in Cordero Patterson, a wide receiver who's been fairly irrelevant his entire career. And he was one of the best running backs all season. He was he was incredible. I mean, uh, Cordero's my pick as well. Uh, you realize he was drafted the year that DeAndre Hopkins was drafted. I, I do. That was they both came out of Clemson. Quarter did? Uh, yeah, almost positive. Uh, you're sure? Uh, okay. I thought I thought he that. was. Uh, thought he was in Tennessee. California. Tennessee. Was, uh... Tennessee. Same colors. Same oh, colors. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Same okay. colors. Yeah. I was thinking that. Uh, yeah, but uh, I remember them going through the. Uh, yeah, the uh, Kenny Stills, I think, was in that draft, and and anyway, a lot of players. But uh, yeah, he's he's really, in my eyes, done nothing until this year, and. He's unreal. He, he's come in and been an unreal player for the Falcons, and I'm really impressed with how they figured out how to use him. Uh, definitely a huge surprise for me. Um, Brazil Douglas is kind of in the same uh, group with him, and, and then also Robert Quinn this year, being that all of them were drafted as like first-round picks a dozen years ago. 
and have never, you know, done anything. Well, Robert uh, Quinn was had three really great years. His sophomore year, junior, and senior year. His sophomore year was great. The other two were – he had a 10-sack season after that. Yeah, he, he had 10-sack, 16-sack, 10-sack. And, and that was on the five, Rams. Five, the six, Rams were two. never a really good team. This is back during the uh, Jeff Fisher days. Yeah, still. Uh, he had two sacks last year, five the year before, six a year before that. Uh just not been an 18, 18 sacks. That's almost TJ Watt's status. You realize that? That's two sacks away from TJ Watt, the player of the year. So uh, I'm just saying, Roswell Douglas, Cordero Patterson, Robert Quinn, these guys were drafted forever ago, and this year are suddenly having this enormous resurgence. But Corderell's is the most impressive for me right now. So yeah. I, I never expected we'd see that guy in a stat line that mattered ever again. And uh, and he was extremely impressive on the team that was decimated by not just injury but uh, uh, mental injury. <laughs> yeah. I guess you'd call it for uh, having to lose their best receiver. So yeah, very impressed by him. Yeah. Uh, now is time for a delicious little award, dumpster fire award. This is the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, we've got a few candidates, <laughs> but I don't. I, I feel like there's two that are leaps and bounds above everybody. So. The, the top candidates, or our candidates, are the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, the New York, New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers, and New York Jets. So the Houston Texans, as everyone knows, were Texans fans, or is the closest thing as you can be to a fan because God knows it's difficult. Um, then there's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their coach got fired, I think, like three quarters into the year, and everyone he, he was clearly yeah. terrible. Uh, the New York Giants, who they're bringing back Joe Judge, but he, he seems to maybe have lost the locker room. Seattle Seahawks, who I, I think you kind of argue with me, but I think they're going to lose Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson after this year and have to do a rebuild. Uh, Carolina Panthers, we talked about them. They were, they were our biggest surprise for a bad reason uh, earlier. And then the New York Jets, who... They've been bad. Um, I think the bulk of that is Zach Wilson has not been good, and their defense is their run defense has been really bad despite bringing on a defensive head coach. Uh, I, I don't know how much you want to go into these too much, other than that summary. But mine is mine's gonna be hands down the Houston Texans. They are. Oh wow. Yeah, they're they were. I mean, I, I know people are like they're bad. Their defense played pretty well. Their coach is very not good. They. They don't have any running backs. They don't have any skilled players other than Brandon Cooks on their offensive side. We'll see what Brevin Jordan ends up being. Their offensive line was kind of mixed around so much. Some due to injury, some just they weren't able to play. Um, I think they're going to end up trading Laramie Tunsil and, uh, and uh, Deshaun Watson. So they will have draft capital in the future. But for this year, I thought they were one of the worst. And I know people are going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars. God, they were bad. Um, they they were the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I think. Okay, I think so here, yeah, here's why. Uh, here's the only reason I'm going to disagree with you on that. Um, to me, a dumpster fire not only is god awful this year, but it appears that they have no chance of recovering quickly. You know what I mean? Like a dumpster fire is just top to bottom. You have nothing going for you. I don't know what you're going to be doing in the near future because you're just like you're just that you're a dumpster fire. Texans um, were bad, um, <laughs> and I agree with you on Coley. Uh, Coley's not been a great coach this year. However, um, I think it's been pretty clear that Casario 
set up good uh, uh, assistants and, and, and people around uh, that team and the staff that are uh, really solid uh, position coaches and coordinators. Um, but Cully was brought in with the express purposes of, uh, and, ke- and the keeping of Tim Kelly, by the way, also to help woo back Deshaun Watson. Because uh, Watson really liked Coley as a person um, and, and mentioned his name with coaching candidates. And I think they really wanted the two of them to try to work on him. And if not, just allow Coley to be a tank commander for a year or two. Um, I, think the, I think the next head coach of the Texans is already on staff. Don't know who it is. I'm not saying that. But I think they have somebody in mind. Um, I actually like a lot of the players and the, and the amount of assets they have. Um, but. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and the New York Giants are two that, to me, are in the worst shape. And I'm going to go with, actually, the New York Giants as wow. my biggest dumpster fire. Wow. Yeah. They, they, yeah. I mean, they, you know, they don't have, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, you can't sell me on Daniel Jones anymore. People kept trying to do that at the beginning of the year. No, he's not good. <laughs> not only that, like their biggest offensive piece they had coming back from injury was Saquon Barkley. He's never returning to back to what he was that first year. He's mm-hmm. he's done. Um, they, they got, don't have they a, got ton. a heck of a wide receiving core. I like their defense. Galladay's done nothing this year. No, uh, but I like Kadarius Tony, and I like uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Galladay might be. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. He's had two bad seasons, and a lot of his has been injury. But uh, I like but Kadarius they have a bad Tony, team, Darius a Slay. bad coach. Uh, yeah, I know. I know who they are. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not impressed by them. Yeah. I, I think they have. They have no one to throw in the ball. They have. They have no running back. They have no coach, and they. And I don't have any confidence in the GM. So while they do have two early picks this year, I don't think they have the ability to recover from this as quickly as they need to because that defense should have been really solid this year too. By the way, I mean we were really high on that defense going into this year, and they were wildly unimpressive. Ah. I just think the organization is in, is in a bit of shambles right now, and I have I've heard rumors uh, online, read rumors that uh, that they are going to make a really big play at Deshaun Watson, which, as much as you know, as a Houston fan, I'm excited to get him out of the out of here. Uh, I think that's a horrible idea for New York. So uh, I don't I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, I think they're just a huge dumpster fire, and I, I I expect the least out of all these teams. I expect the, the least out of them next year. Uh, that's shocking. I, what's funny is you actually convinced me to change from the Texans to the Jaguars, and I thought you were going Jaguars, <laughs> and then you went Giants. But I'm sticking with Jaguars, but because I don't think the Giants are as uh, they they probably should have moved on from Joe Judge. They probably should have moved on from uh, Daniel Jones. But I like I think Devontae Booker could be a, a pretty serviceable running back. I think Kadarius Tony's going to be really good. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton, that's, I mean, if that's your two and three, that's fine. John Ross is your four. Ah, I mean, all right. Um, the offensive line needs mass improvements. We actually thought they were going to be better. There was a lot of people on their offensive line we thought were going to do better, but just kind of fell apart. And I think their defense started playing better at the end of the year. But Yeah, it's just that draft picks keep failing, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and so you've got to make a change to GM because you've got to have a better judge of talent. And... I mean, not to say that, like, yeah, I mean, we did like the picks because we, we're judging not not as an actual scout of talent, but as, as finding the right pick, you know, a pick at a good position in the draft at a position of need within your organization. And, and they've, they've done a good job of trying to address the O-line. They're just failing and failing and failing and failing. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, the next category is uh, teams that we think 
could be uh, in 2022 could be uh, could be the risers. They could be the surprises for next year. These are potential 2022 risers teams edition. So the cat the uh, nominees are the Broncos, the Texans, the Eagles, the Washington Football Team, the Lions, and the Bears. Um, for this one, boy, this is a tough one. I think. Depending on the offseason for a lot of these, if the Broncos end up getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos could could end up doing it. They're they're set in every other way. I feel like uh, the okay. Texans, if they trade Laramie Tunsil and uh, Deshaun Watson, they're going to get a lot of capital, but it could still take until twenty twenty three to make that because they're going to be very young team. They got a lot of veterans there. That was kind of their. Uh, the purpose of Casario for this year was to bring in a lot of veterans and just kind of give them that leadership. Um, but I think they're still going to be very young. Uh, the Eagles, again, I think they're going to try and make us uh, a play for another quarterback. The Same with the Washington football team. Although they might right, go with Heineke. And if they fix that offensive line, you at least have Antonio Gibson and uh, at running back who's going to be able to play a little bit better. And then uh, Terry McLaurin, who's going to have more time to kind of play in the field. Uh, the Lions, we've gone over that. And then the Bears, they're going to move on from Nat Nagy. Now, this is the third time this season we've heard that Matt Nagy is going to get fired. But apparently, supposedly, after this next upcoming game, Matt Nagy is gone. They probably need to get rid of Ryan Pace, too. And uh, Justin Fields could be a good talent. Um, Darnell Mooney, I think, is great. Uh, Montgomery, Dave Montgomery, I think, is great. But they got to fix that offensive line. So on this one... This is a tough one for me. Who is your go-to for this? For me, it's the Bears. I I, I like the Broncos, and I totally agree with you. Uh, in fact, I almost want to give this whole category an incomplete until yeah. I see what happens with this QB shuffle because, Agreed. like you said, there's a potential that Washington football team or Broncos could easily – or Eagles could easily add Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or – Maybe even Lamar Jackson fits in one of these and, and makes them a better team. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Broncos have the best team outside of quarterback here, so they have the potential to do it. But if we're going off current rosters, I think a new coach is going to come into the Bears, and I'm assuming a new GM. Do we know if there's going to be a new GM? For the Bears? I, I don't know. Yeah. Th- that's been a rumor for a while. Ryan Pace has okay. been good about finding defensive players, but really been bad. I mean, look at that offensive line. I don't know how you keep your job. Well, he hasn't even tried. That's yeah. that's the key. I mean, to me, I was going to make a joke. I mean, he se- they seem like the guy that's walking into battle, uh, and he's like, am I missing something? And he's got, like, no Kevlar. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's like, uh, Tevin Jenkins was a good pick. That's the first time they've tried to fix the O-line. Unfortunately, got injured. That's we're not really on them. Yeah. But that's one of the five pieces on the O line. That whoever comes in, if they just do the brain dead obvious, uh, you know, I, I need to get two guards in the center or whatever, and uh, and help fix this O line for them. I mean, they've got a defense, and I think they've got a good quarterback. I just think he desperately needs protection. Yeah. So I think Fields is there, and he's ready to take the next step. Uh, after a full off season and, and uh, a training camp, if he can just get a little more protection, yeah. uh, so I would say the Bears. Fair enough. I- I'm going to go with the Lions just because we've seen what they are this year. I think they have two first round picks. I think this year because I know they have they got one from the they got two from the Rams. And but the problem is the Rams haven't had a first round pick in God knows how long. So I think this is their first year uh, getting a Rams first round pick. And 
they also have the second. I think they have the second pick in the draft, so they're going to be able to get a good either a good pass rusher or uh, Stingley, who you and I are high on as a cornerback, uh, defensive back from LSU, and then they could. I think they could. They're going to have to get another wide receiver, but they've got some decent ones. Um, Khalif Raymond has played all, all right. Josh Reynolds has played all right, and Amon St. Brown looks like he could be a one. Uh, they need some help on the interior, but you can get that later later in the draft. They've got two. I mean, they actually got. I mean, Craig Reynolds ended up being a pretty good running back, and they got DeAndre Swift. Um, Jared Goff is serviceable. Uh, what's his name? The tight end is TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, he's a beast. That defense has played pretty well, but they're going to get a pass rusher. I think they're going to take a pass rusher first. Um, I think they could be. I think they could be middle of the road, and this is a division with the Bears and the Vikings. I think the Vikings they could lose their coach and take a step back next year. I think the Bears. I don't know. I have to see what they're going to do in the off season. Um, I just don't know about the Bears, but I think the Lions. You've seen who they are now, and I think next year they just add on top of the foundation, a really good foundation that they have. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. I think that's a good. A good route to go. And I think Quentin Cephas, when he comes back from injury, yeah, I had him as a right. dark horse for like the biggest surprise this year. Um, I think he's a really good receiver, but I think he needs someone to cross from him. And now that Amon St. Brown ha- has emerged towards the end of the season, I think the two of them with Hawkinson and, and then the running games they have, um, they can add another piece like in the second round at receiver and just go edge and corner in the first. And, they, and I agree. I think they can build a team quick. Yeah. And they have again, they have really good coordinators and position coaches. So, yeah, I think they're they're poised to do exactly that. I, I have a hard time disagreeing. Yeah, I I mean, and look, you look at the people they're going to get back. Yeah, like you said, Quintus Cephas, uh, Logan Sternberg. We'll see. He was a he was on IR this year. He's a guard, yeah, right? Yeah, he's a guard, but they need help on the interior. Uh, Romeo oh, yeah, Laquara, yeah. that could help. He's not. I don't know if he's going to be a great pass rusher, but he, he, it's help. T.J. Hawkinson, of course, is a beast. Frank Ragnow, they're going to get back. Jeff Akuda, but I don't know what we're going to get back from Jeff Akuda because he's, what, torn an ACL and an Achilles? I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, ACL year one and then Achilles rupture first week of season two, I yeah. mean, of his year two. Yeah, he's, my God. He's I mean, 22. He's 22, so if you're going to come back from Youth that, is on the side. Yeah, yeah, and he did it early on, so he's had some time to come back. And he may not be great next year, but it usually takes two years to come back from an Achilles. But still, if they get Stingley and Akuda on either side, Akuda just has to be the number two. Uh, so they're still going to get some talent back. Let's move on to the same potential 2022 risers, but this time with the players. So the nominees are Justin Fields uh, from the Chicago Bears, Elijah Moore from the New York Jets, Rashawn Gary from the Packers, A.J. Dillon from the Packers, Javante Williams from the Broncos and Davis Mills from the the Houston Texans. Um, Andy, how do you feel about this one? Oof. So I'm taking this, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can take potential riser for next year, you know, as an individual player, like, uh, like a, to me, AJ Dillon screams the top choice as far as I think he's going to be the lone or in the lead back out there. And I think he's just, He's been really good this year, though, so that's why I'm wondering, like, do you call that the best riser? Because uh, he's already been really good this year. I'm not sure. I think the best chances for immediate improvements are going to be Justin Fields uh, and then Javante Williams because Melvin Gordon, I think, is done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go Justin Fields right now, just because I don't want to make you have to be a homer in, in your in your hometown there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think Justin Fields, if he's able to get a good coach in there, uh, and like we said, they've got a they've got a good running back, they've got a good defense, and they've got some picks that they can go you know go out and grab some O line help and get Devin Jenkins back. I think he has a good chance to make a huge improvement year two, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited for him. So I'll go Justin Fields. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I went Javante Williams just because, like you said, Melvin Gordon uh, probably won't be back. And if he is, I don't think he's the one. I think you started to see the uh, the distribution mm-hmm. of work starting to lean towards Javante Williams. And as a rookie, yeah. he was an absolute beast. And I think they continue that. I also think no matter what the quarterback is going forward, either if they get Russell Wilson, you know, if they get a good quarterback like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, um, they've got a good defense, and they're still going to, you know, that's only going to help the running back be able to run more because they're going to have to respect the, the pass, or mm-hmm. they decide to do more of a ground and pound. And Javante Williams is a big boy. He can, he'll be able to do that. Uh, I think you could probably make the same, the same uh, case for A.J. Dillon. The only thing is I don't know if, if – Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think the Packers crumble a bit, and so I think this could it could actually hurt him. I think he'll still be great, but I think he could actually crumble a little bit. Fair enough. You know who I think could be the dark horse uh, candidate to be the the quarterback for the Broncos that I think would do what you say and make uh, make Javante Williams even better is Lamar Jackson. I could see him end up there where they've got a good running game and they've got a tight end that's a stud that he can throw it out to if he's not you know good at using the the deep out receivers like he was in, in Baltimore. I think, I think having a mobile QB uh, makes, makes Javante even more dangerous. I think that could be a dark horse candidate. Yeah, that's fair. I can't argue with that. All right. Uh, the next one isn't really a category. Uh, this is the time in an award show where you would hear some uh, soft set music from Sarah McLaughlin or something as they talk about the, the ones we've lost this year. This is our in memoriam. Uh, these are, uh, just people in the NFL that have probably seen their last days, uh, and the I don't know what we call them nominees, but the uh, the the candidates are <laughs> Big we're Ben. Saying, the people were saying goodbye to you. Yes, Big Ben. I mean, I that he was he probably should have been on the memoriam last year, but decided to come out one more year, and it was kind of a mess. Uh, so I think Big Ben. I don't think anyone from any other team even picks him up. Uh, so. I think There's he's no going. one in Pittsburgh saying, no, please stay. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> one's fighting for him. Uh, the other yeah. one, this is pretty tragic, but Henry Ruggs. Uh, I think you know his story. He was driving like 100-something miles an hour drunk with a gun in the car and killed somebody. So not only is he going to be out of the NFL for a very long time, but he might not see the light of day for a very long time. And, and not only was he driving like 120 or whatever it was in a through a through a – low uh speed limit area it wasn't on a freeway it was like near a neighborhood oh my God. um his best friend had died speeding that fast through a neighborhood and he would speak out about how dumb that was of, of driving that dangerously so yeah that, he's done um but our next heartfelt uh, bye-bye goes to ab antonio brown who is gonna end up getting escorted out of the nfl in the most ab kind of way um trying to lie, kicking and screaming that it was somebody else's fault. Uh, so apparently uh, rumors came out that uh, after his display at the game the other day where he took off his uniform, took off his shirt, 
threw everything out and walked out the door. He tried to claim that uh, the issue was that they tried to put him in the game and they knew his, his ankle was hurt, um, that he was injured and, and he had been injured the week before. And so he refused to play because of the injury. And due to that, the coach screamed at him and told him to get the F out and he's not playing again. Uh, what's come out lately is that, uh, nope, there's there's things in place for that. He never told anyone he was injured. He was cleared by the doctors. He was totally fine to play. But that at halftime, all the players had to calm him down because he was furious because he wasn't getting enough targets. And then a referee came to the coach also saying that after halftime that they had to calm him down because he's, he's screaming on the field about not getting enough targets. So finally when he came over and, uh, and was on the sideline, he started taking off his jersey because he said, if, if, I'm not, if you're not going to play me, I'm not going to play. And then the coach told him to get his stuff back on and get out of the field. And he said no, and then he told him get, to get out. So um, he was being a whiny baby, and he's being thrown out of the NFL. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> like, I don't feel bad for him. He, the only thing I feel bad for is the potential that he does genuinely have brain trauma mm-hmm. from, from some of the hits he's into taken over the years but he's he's done in the nfl yeah I, that's the thing is when it first when things when he left the steelers and kind of that transition to the raiders and all that where at first it was like kind of funny watching someone being ridiculous and after a while you're like oh no this person's this person needs help like this is this is kind of, it's it's hard to watch now it's kind of sad and i think you can kind of I, I'm, this is nothing groundbreaking but you can kind of pinpoint it back to uh when the steelers played the Bengals and Bontes perfect pass came across the middle. He wasn't going to catch it. He was a defenseless receiver. The The play was kind of almost over. Montez Perfect put his head down and just snapped his head back, and he was out. And ever since then, he's been kind of a mess. Now, we're not in the locker rooms, so we don't know if that's what kind of turned things around. But, um, sure. man, I hope he gets the help he needs because that's, that's a rough one. Uh, the next one is just a jerk and bye bye uh, Urban Meyer. So he kicked a kicker. I I don't I don't know what else to tell you. He first NFL job and he's been known to be difficult too. This is because he he started off with Utah and kind of made them relevant in uh, in the NFL. And I think he was even at God was at Boise State or something before that. And then went to Florida. Won championships with Florida was very well. And then I think they said he has a cyst in his brain and he got and he left because of that because it was it was giving him issues. Um, then goes to you know, uh, Ohio State, does well there, and then leaves there. So he's got to – maybe it's a health thing, whatever. But he comes to the NFL, he was just talking bad to everyone. Kicked uh, – I think it was Chris Boswell, who's been in the league a long time, kicked him and said, I can do whatever I want. I'm the, co- I'm the ball coach, head ball coach, which is a weird way to say head coach. Uh, so uh, it's too bad that he's leaving Jacksonville because I, I, I don't want Jacksonville to do well. But, man, that guy, what an unceremonious <laughs> exit. Yeah, I mean that's he made he made Jacksonville worse somehow. Like <laughs> I, I I didn't think that could happen. I mean he brought in Jim Tebow for a tryout. Mm-hmm. I think that was a publicity stunt. As a tight end, everybody. but still, what's that? As a tight end, he brought in Tim Tebow. As a tight end, I mean that was just that was the start of the joke. Uh, but my God, it just yeah, and and he 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 I don't want to say dwindled away talent from Trevor Lawrence because we've never we don't know if he actually has it it or not for the NFL. But uh, I feel like he, however bad he did this year, he could have done better without Urban Meyer. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he's he's done. And from the like you said, the uh, the outpouring of of people talking about what's really been going on behind closed doors, not just here, but in other places, 
just goes to show he's he's done in the NFL. I know I think he will get a college gig yeah. for sure, but because somebody just won't care. Yeah. But the NFL, he's done. Yeah. Well, you can treat college players worse than you can treat exactly. players. Uh, the next one. Julio Jones. It's too bad. Julio Jones has been amazing for a long time, but the Falcons moved on from him. He's been he's had a lot of injuries issues. He's had uh, hamstring issues, which we saw again this year. I don't know how much to go forward to go into it, but like him and AJ Green came in around the same time. It looks like they're probably going out around the same time. Uh, and then lastly, John Gruden. If you don't know this story by now, then you you're probably not too interested in the NFL. You're probably not listening to us. But <laughs> yeah, that's. Go go look that up because it goes there's it, it could take you two hours to go through all all the things that he's there's going so many on. rabbit holes yeah but yeah. he is definitely out of the NFL but uh, I tell you what he's coming for Dan Snyder and the Washington Football Team and I'm looking forward to that oh he's going to make more money than he ever would have made in the NFL off this lawsuit I can tell you that right now because yeah the NFL clearly clearly uh, realized that Dan Snyder was about to have something really bad happen to him Goodell works for the for the GM or for the owners not for anybody else. And they clearly said, well, look over here, look over here instead of over here and mm. and threw some stuff about John Gruden out to the public, which is I don't know if it's illegal, but it sure is. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll let the courts decide that. <laughs> I don't think that's my point, yeah. but uh, I feel like it's probably illegal and that you can lose a lot of money for that, for throwing somebody's career under the bus on purpose to, to you know, and uh, I think Gruden's going to have a hell of a case and he's going to get a lot of money out of him. Um, and I think he'll end up being an announcer somewhere. Maybe I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe know. not. Maybe not. But, but uh, yeah, he may be done. But uh, yeah, either way, uh, I think we've unfortunately seen the last John Gruden for a while in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Uh, next is breakout season for a player. Uh, these are players who have been in the league, but like you really like now they are they are at the forefront. Uh, a lot of them are ones we've talked about before. Uh, first is Razul Douglas, been around the league. He's only 26, uh, but had an incredible year with the Packers. Uh, next is Hunter Renfro out of Clemson, who's, I think this was his third year in the league. and But now yes. you see, he is the next Wes Welker, the next uh, uh, Edelman. He's that slotty white guy across the middle. Um, next is A.J. Dillon, who we've talked about him before. He, he looks like he's kind of taken over for Aaron Jones as the main running back in uh in green bay now aaron jones is still on a deal so and they kind of do different things so i think they could still keep both of them but i think aj Dillon, who i was big into when they brought him on i was actually i was like oh i was surprised by that i actually thought it was a great pick for him but uh you got to see him be the bruiser this year jalen hurts uh, jalen hurts was brought in and is this his <laughs> second year that he's been in the league with the eagles second year yeah. yeah second year and yeah they brought him on even though they had wins which seemed odd but I think he's got to work on his throwing, but his legs kind of right now are winning them games. Uh, and then last but certainly not least is DeAndre Swift. I think this was his second or third year, and unfortunately he got a little uh, he got injured and didn't get to yeah. finish up. But he was a monster for a team that is not very good. Yeah, um, I'll start here, and I, I mean I like Rosal Douglas, and I, I was tempted to go there at first. Um, but I just don't think he's still, he's still not a big enough name to consider it the breakout yet. Uh, Renfro definitely up there. I wanted to say Cooper Cup at first, but I think he was just oh, too no. good last year no, he's to consider this a breakout. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, these are all really good picks. That Tom Brady's uh, a real yeah. breakout. What's that? That Tom Brady's a real breakout. We're going, <laughs> we're, we're going Cooper Cup's so, yeah. breakout. 
He's got something, I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, uh, but for me, it's DeAndre Swift. Uh, I think he he proves this year he can be that that bad man that's uh, that's running the ball for you and, and the people are afraid of. He can run through the middle. He can catch passes out wide. Um, they just need to build a little bit better of an interior line to help create a few holes here and there. I think once that happens, I, I don't think we've even seen the, the best of him yet. I think he's going to be even better next year. Um, probably will split some carries a little bit still, but I think for the most part, I think uh, I think DeAndre Swift uh, had his breakout year. He got that household name status, and I think next year he'll, he'll be even better. Uh, mine is Hunter Renfro, and I know this is not a sexy pick, but people like the Raiders have not been followed as much other than the the, the garbage storylines, which are kind of what the Raiders do. They're more storyline than than uh, actual gameplay, but. He's he's played uh, he's played in every game. I think he missed one game. He's got 99 receptions, 1,025 yards, and he averages 10.35 uh, yards a catch. Now he's only got seven touchdowns, but that's not really ever been his thing. He's not the end zone guy. He's the he's the get you yards guy, and every time he does, he gets about 10 yards. He still has another game to play, and he's going to break 100 receptions. He's already broken 1,000 yards. And I think, you know, he's always been kind of building up to that. But I think this is the first year where he's really kind of broken out and shown you he's he's a really, really good receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm impressed by the guy a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish him wish him even better next year. Don't know who the quarterback is or if this don't is going to be. Don't know who the coach be. will be. What's that? Don't know who the coach will be either. Yeah, I don't know who the coach will be. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a, he's a really good player. And I think uh, – we're going to see more from him as well. So good luck to that guy. Uh, the next category, so we split up uh, the MVP. So we're just doing Offensive Player of the Year that's not a quarterback because the MVP always goes seems to go to a quarterback, which seems ridiculous because they need to split those two up. Uh, so we're just doing Agreed. the best quarterbacks. And the candidates are Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Kyler Murray. Uh, and... Listen, everyone knows who these guys are. I feel like we don't have to go into too much depth about what, they, what they've what they done. And as whiny and diva-y as he is, i I got to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue. I mean, the guy's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I cannot stand the dude. Um, but that doesn't have anything to do with how you play, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's been extremely, extremely, extremely good. Um, mine though, I wanted to go Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I know you. Did. I think he's just incredibly great. Uh, I mean, things he can do with his feet are electric. I mean, you know, much less uh, his ability to throw downfield. Uh, but he has really great receivers. So I, but I really think the guy that overcame a lot, just mainly behind a god awful offensive line, to do what he did was Joe Burrow. Um, I've got to give him best quarterback this year. Um, I don't know how far they'll get in the playoffs. It won't surprise me if they go incredibly far. It won't surprise me if they get knocked out just because I don't think they're the complete team yet. I think they're like, I think next year's their year. Um, but I think he, as a quarterback, it is very hard to believe this is a second year quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is playing top elite, top three QB in the entire NFL year two after being injured for most of year one. It's just incredible. I think this guy is going to be one of the best for the next, I think in the end of his 15 year career, whatever it ends up being, 
dude's gonna be known as one of the best to play. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I he's been kind of up and down this year, though. Like, and I know you're saying that the offensive line and all that, but he's got a lot of really good skill players. He's got Joe Mixon. He's got I mean, with that receiving core, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. That's unreal. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd is your yeah. number three. That's on. Un, that's unbelievable. Um, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't go Tom Brady. Like, he's got a really good offensive line. He's got probably the best wide receiving core ever. And uh, Leonard Fournette, honestly, probably should have been one of our comeback players of the year, but I didn't even think about it until right now. So I, I just couldn't... He played well enough at the end of last year. It's the only reason I didn't put him there. Fair but enough. I agree with you. I, I, think he, I think Tom Brady has the best roster in the NFL. Agreed. Like, taking Brady out. He still has the best roster in the NFL. Yeah, and that's why I went Aaron Rodgers because, you know, uh, if Devontae Adams gets hurt, it makes a difference because Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. But after that, Lazard goes out, uh, you know, MVS steps up. Uh, If he goes out, they just kind of find guys to to get it done. And so I feel like Aaron Rodgers just, that's my guy for everything else. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's... He's earned it. I just can't stand the guy. <laughs> uh, I don't argue with you. Uh, now let's get to the youngins. So these are the defensive rookie of the year candidates. Uh, these are all people. This is their first year. Micah Parsons for the Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Sertain from the Denver Broncos. Javon Holland from the Miami Dolphins. Asante Samuel Jr. from the uh, Chargers. And Jalen Phillips from the Dolphins. Now Asante Samuel Jr., the, one of the reasons I'm going to go ahead and just take him out is because I was high on him going into it, uh, going into the draft. I thought he was really good. He got a little bit nicked up this year, but when he was on the field, he played amazing. Uh, Javon Holland, he's a safety who they used. They used him to blitz. They used him to cover. Like He's incredibly long and rangy. You and I were both really high on him going into the draft. Uh, actually, I think we were all pretty high on all these guys. Jalen Phillips was one yeah. of my guys, so that was one of my guys. I was saying he's going to be unbelievable, and it looks like he is. Patrick Sertain, he looks like he's going to be a lockdown corner already. Some of the stuff he's done and some of the people he's had to guard in that division is unbelievable. But, I mean, I got—I don't know how you don't give it to Micah Parsons. The guy was drafted to be an inside linebacker. And because of their edge rushers getting hurt, they put him in at edge rusher, and he was one of the best ones in the league at it. Like, he can play. I think if you even said, hey, we need you to play safety, I, I think he could play just about anywhere on the field, maybe not corner, but I feel like he could play safety, linebacker, uh, edge rusher. He could play just about anything, and he would love to do it. And after watching Hard Knocks, you could tell this is a man, all he wants to do is play football. He loves it, loves playing, and it shows in his passion on the field. Yeah, no, I agree with you. My only my only close, it's got to be Micah, uh, but I have to say that uh, Sertain was so close. Mm-hmm. Just so close to me, it's one A and one B, and I know that there's recency bias on both sides, right? But uh, Sertain, I think it's important to remember six games through the NFL season, uh, going into Week Seven, the QBR when throwing against Patrick Sertain, you were better off throwing it in the dirt, yeah, because you had a negative opportunity throwing it a receiver against him, meaning you were more likely to be intercepted than you were to have a complete pass against Patrick Sertain. More likely to have an interception. That's how good he was. Yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he still played really well throughout the rest of the season. I mean, that was 
he was setting NFL records every single week, you know, if, if he'd kept on that pace. But this, I mean, he was, he's still been playing extremely good and is probably one of the top three corners in the NFL already as a rookie. So uh, I put him up there with Diggs and I don't know who else right now. I got to think about it. But uh, yeah, he was, he's absolutely incredible. And uh, to say he was a rookie, to do that as a corner, as a rookie, is very impressive because usually corners take a couple of years. Um, so really impressed, but you're right. Micah Parsons' ability to do everything, chef's kiss, dude was amazing. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's move on to offensive rookie of the year. Now, I feel like uh, pretty much all these guys, if they win it, I wouldn't argue with you too much. So the candidates Agreed. are Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins, Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos, I, I put this one in Rashawn Slater of the uh, uh, the L.A. Chargers. And I, a lot of people don't put in offensive linemen, but my God, he was amazing right out the gate. Uh, Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles. Who is yours here? Because this was such a tough one for me. I, I, I labored over this for a long time. I agree with you. So... Let me just say right off the bat, I feel guilty that I'm not picking Rashawn Slater because I feel like the dude yeah. should be <laughs> offensive rookie of the year because it's such an unsexy position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yet this dude was being talked about as looking Hall of Fame caliber halfway through the season. I've heard those words out of, out of people's mouths. I mean, as a rookie, and that is amazing. So I think he, in all regards, he probably should be it. Um, but to me, it came down to Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. Um, mainly due to production. And while I wanted to go Jamar Chase, um, because his production has been absolutely insane. Um, the thing, the reason I'm going to go Jalen Waddle is Jamar Chase had such familiarity with his quarterback. Jalen Waddle did, I guess you could argue, didn't didn't he play a little with uh, Tua in Alabama? Yep. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, he would have. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, so he, so he played a little bit with him too, but Waddle, I feel like, was just on such a bad team, and to be able to put up the production he did, where the defenses didn't really have to worry about anyone but him. You know, he didn't have T. Higgins on the other side of the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, or Joe Mixon running the football. So, I feel like what Jalen Waddle did, even though the production's not as high as Jamar Chase, was actually a little bit more impressive to me, based on where he is and who is QB. If Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson ends up as the QB in Miami. Look out, NFL is all I'm saying. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be one of the best. So yeah. I, I will give it to Waddle over Chase for that reason. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you said that. Yeah, because I was looking at if it's because I was, it was basically process of elimination. So Devontae Smith, I feel like he was a little bit injured and it, that's just not a pass throwing team. So he really didn't get to show everything. Say, but I think he'll yeah. be really good. So, but I kind of I got him out of there. I canceled him. Uh, Javante Williams. He split the carries with Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams is going to be an absolute beast. But uh, since he did that, I kind of had to take him out. Um, Rashawn Slater, uh, like you said, I feel like I should give it to him because to be to be a rookie and to be that dominant at tackle is unbelievably difficult. Because a lot of these skill guys, listen, you got to learn a lot of stuff. But as an offensive lineman, you got to learn everything. And so I kind of wanted to give it to him, but I, I kind of nixed that. Um, like you said with Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase had the much better quarterback, the, the much better team, or at least offense. And so if it's between those two, I give it to Jalen Waddle. Um, but I ended up, I, I'm going to give it to Najee Harris just because 
that's a grown okay. ass man doing He's a paddles. lot. Yeah, I mean, taking the book, he had almost three. I mean, by the time the season's over, he will have had three hundred carries. He's at two ninety six now. He's at 1,100 yards, and he's at 3.9 yards a carry because that offensive line is so, so, so bad. Um, but if you look at – and then you look at his receiving, uh, 70 receptions, 440 yards. He averages six oh, more yards receiving, 6.2 yards. Well, I mean, that actually makes sense. Um, and I, the thing is he's a dual threat right out of the gate on a not a great offense, a bad quarterback and a bad offensive line. So – I'm going to give it to Najee Harris, but honestly, if you wanted to make your case for any of these guys, I would absolutely listen to it. I agree with you. Not a bad pick. All right. Uh, Next is Defensive Player of the Year. So this can be anyone, however old, but they have to play defense. Uh, The candidates are Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. We'll go back. Micah Parsons of the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys, Miles Garrett of the Browns, TJ Watt of the Steelers, and Aaron Donald of the Rams. Um this is another one where if you wanted to argue for any of these guys, I would listen to it. Um, I just, I'm just so shocked by Micah Parsons being able to play pretty much. I mean, Trayvon Diggs can play cornerback. He can play secondary. He can play secondary. And he's going to be good at it. Miles Garrett, he's going to play your front four or, you know, he's going to be your edge rusher, maybe a little bit inside and be good at it. TJ Watt, he is a three, four edge rusher and he's going to be good. Maybe play some inside linebacker. Aaron Donald can play all over the front four. Micah Parsons can play just about any position on the defense and probably do it well. And so I've got to go Micah Parsons, even though he's a rookie. Yeah, I really like him. I really like him. Uh, but I was torn between Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs for a little bit as I was sitting there trying to, to go over what I remember from the NFL season and, and really thinking back on everything. But I just don't know how you don't go T.J. Watt. I've got to go T.J. Watt. Okay. The dude had over 20-plus sacks this year. One of the one of only, I think, four people to ever do that. That may be wrong. I want to say he's one of only four. Mm, I don't know. Um, I, I think that's – no. In a season? No. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, because uh, I think – because like Reggie White's got some. There's uh, – LT's got some. His brother's got it twice. Yeah, his brother got it twice. Okay. Those were the three I was actually thinking of. Uh, but maybe, you know, again, maybe I'm not wrong. Either way, over 20 sacks in the season, incredibly impressive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got to go T.J. Watt. I think he's just such a total disruptive force. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, with his overall play, and, and I just don't see how you get any better than him this year. Yeah. Um, so the NFL sack record is 22 and a half, uh, which is owned by Michael Strahan. You got that in 2001. And I believe right now TJ has twenty one and a half, and so there's still a game left. So he could break, he could break the record. Uh, I believe his brother's uh, one of only two people to ever do twenty sack club two years in a row. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to argue with you. TJ Watt's been phenomenal. I, I think that was prob- that would probably be my second place behind Marka Par- Micah Parsons. I'm just kind of infatuated with what Micah Parsons can do, and at such a young age. So uh, yeah, I won't argue with you on that one. And then the last category, the Offensive Player of the Year, but not a quarterback, just so we can separate those Oof. two out. Yeah, this one's, this one's going to be painful, too. So the nominees are Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and Jonathan Taylor. Who do you got? 
Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the hardest one of the year for me right yeah. now. I for real. Uh, you got Cooper Cup, who's ungodly incredible this year. Now that he's got a really good quarterback, and vice versa. Uh, Debo Samuel is not only doing it as a uh, receiver, but as a running back. He he got switched kind of like Cordell Patterson to a running back, but he's dominating as a running back as well. Uh, Devontae Adams is one of the best to play the game. And Jonathan Taylor, to me, has had probably the best running back year I've seen in a long time, in a very long time. But I have to say Justin Jefferson gets the nod for me. Wow, um, really? That is, that's the last on my list is Justin Jefferson. I think he's I had do. a great year. but Yeah, he's uh, – now, now what hurts his, him to me is his uh, – the team's overall success. Uh, the team has not been overall successful, and, and so that's, that's not great. But, but when I watch the games, Justin Jefferson, it's, he is the one who is physically getting open when he should not be open every play he he's not being schemed open he he's just pure raw incredible athleticism juking veteran defenders uh beating double coverage pulling back he is making plays that just he he looks like he's an entire highlight reel in one season of every other receiver he's just to me i think he's if you put him on any other nfl team right now with a better quarterback i think he'd be breaking records i think he's just one of the best receivers i've ever seen play and, uh, yeah, this year, I, I think he's just been player of the year. But Taylor, uh, Taylor's the other one I could, I could say I, I, would, I wouldn't argue with. But, yeah, for me, it would be Justin Jefferson. I just wish his team had been a little better. See, if, it was, if we were going receiver, and like you said, Debo Samuel has been playing two positions and doing great. And I wouldn't, you know, that one, he's kind of a newbie on it, like, you know, into this group, but certainly very good. Um, but I would, I mean, so Justin Jefferson, these, this is his number so far through the year. Uh, 103 receptions, 1,500 yards, and nine touchdowns, which is an incredible year. That is an incredible year. Here's Cooper Cups, 138 receptions, 1,829 yards. So it, he has to, now granted, he'd have to get 170 yards in this next game, but he could break 2,000 yards. Uh, and he's got 15 touchdowns, 15 touchdowns. That's unreal. But I gotta go jump. Yeah, but Taylor. to me and and you're right. You're right. I mean, this is an unbelievable year. I love Cooper Cup. But uh to me, part of it is just having a way better quarterback. Like like what Justin Jefferson, what I see a lot out of when I watch his games is like what happened to Andre Johnson, where this dude gets wide open down the seam, but he still has to come back a few yards for the ball and then ends up getting, you know, tackled a, a, another five yards down the field after he gets it because he had to slow down for the ball. If he got hit in stride better more often, I feel like he'd have way more on the touchdown range. Uh, it's just that, it's again, that Andre Johnson thing where uh, I think the, the quarterback he has is going to hurt his his legacy overall. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean. I, I, love, I love either of those. Though. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Cooper Justin Cup. Jefferson's more of the bomb guy. Cooper Cup's more of the across-the-middle guy. So he has to get that yak afterwards he has to do work afterwards where justin jefferson goes listen i mean they're both amazing uh mine though has got to be jonathan taylor uh this year he's got uh, 1734 yards rushing and he's got 20 total touchdowns both on the ground and through the air and he could you know obviously this next game he could beat that because they have to beat the jags and which shouldn't be a big feat they might even send him by halftime but jonathan taylor basically is that offense as well as Carson Wentz has played 
this year, and I think he has. I think it's been low-key. He's been playing very well. It, that offense runs around Jonathan Taylor. And so that's – I feel like he's the next closest to a quarterback. I think I would even give it to him over Aaron Rodgers this year for the MVP. Wow. All right. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I couldn't argue with that one. I think he's been extremely good, and I think what part of what will hurt him with the real voting – is that uh, is again the success overall of the team? But uh, but if they make it into the playoffs and even win a game, I, yeah, I think he could be the one that that runs away with it. All right, fair enough. Uh, that is everything we have. Uh, thank you for tuning in for our award ceremony. Uh, we'll be back next week with the with the uh, bets against the spread for the first of the playoffs, which the expanded playoffs. So we have more games, and there is nothing better in the world than playoff football. Until next time. That is correct. Catchphrase. Woody retort.